Hello, friends. Today's topic is emotional RP, and with this topic,、uh, we're going to be talking about some heavy things today. So please bear that in mind as we go through this podcast. We are not out to hurt anybody or upset anybody. We want you to know that everything we are talking about is meant to help you cope with heavy emotional role playing. And with that in mind, we love you all, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's play D and D. Let's play D and D, our favorite RPG. Escape our life and play pretend for a while. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Rule of Cool podcast. I'm Morgan, and I'm Nathan. And、uh, today we're going to be talking about a, a pretty sensitive but、uh, very interesting topic that was voted on by our Discord group. Uh, navigating emotional RP or role playing. Yeah,、uh, kind of heavy topic today, but one that our Discord really wanted us to talk about.、Um, we set up a vote and let people vote on what they wanted to talk about, and emotional RP won out. Yeah. So it was actually a pretty close vote, I think, across the board this week. We've been,、uh, you know, this is episode six, by the way. I don't think we actually said. Oh. Uh, but、yeah. we've been narrowing, like, so each week we've been recycling the vote, and you know, the better the votes that got like a good amount of votes into like the following votes. So I think like by the time now that we've hit episode six, we're hitting a、uh, like critical mass of like topics that everybody wants to talk about.、Um, yeah. So like it was like because like some I think like last week's vote had like nearly twenty votes or something like. Then the others were like down around ten. This was like. Very even across the board, like ten or eleven votes a topic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we have a little bit of our own and a couple questions from our Discord to go through today.、Um, but let's start out like we do with a lot of things and just kind of explain what emotional role playing is.、Um, yeah. So these are moments that get. Very deep、um, with players, and that can be in a range of emotions:、um, anger, sadness,、um, and you know what? Even happiness、um, can be emotional. Yeah, over overwhelming. You know,、um, so moments that are the most emotional in D and D settings are topics that are impactful or socially relevant.、Um, Topics that lean into something that are deeply meaningful to a specific player,、uh, backstory information that ties to the character, and betrayal of the party. Yeah, all those are you know definitely things that are going to lead to、um, emotional RP. And when you're dealing with,、um, you know, a group that's already、um, pretty heavy into RP. Um, and you're gonna bring something that's gonna draw that out of them. It's gonna lead to something pretty emotional. And like as a DM, especially,、um, you know, you have to really thread the needle on a lot of、uh, you know deeply emotional RP,、um, even more than just on you know doing the emotional RP. You as a dungeon master need to balance the fun of the other players. You need to balance the、um, 
comfort of the other players along with the, again, comfort and fun of the players or player involved in the emotional RP. Um, it's kind of in, definitely important. You know, it's when you've got four, six, you know, eight people at a table or, you know, in a, a video call or voice chat, um, you, you've got a bunch of people that are there to play a game. And even if everyone's very interested in what's going on, you know, at a very base level as a DM, you have to make sure everyone's still enjoying themselves, which comes to, again, like fun and consent because you, everyone has to be okay with what's happening and not feeling uncomfortable and they still want to be enjoying it. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to kind of lean on with that is even if it's an angry feeling or a sad feeling, um, usually you'll get some like laughter, you know, even if somebody is upset. Um, and we keep going back to this example, but again, it's the easiest example for us to use because we live it. Um, in Nathan's campaign, my character had a very traumatic session. It was very sad. It was very depressing. It was very frustrating. But I I was sad. I literally shed tears during the session, but I was still laughing. You know, there were moments where I was like, oh, my God, fuck you, Nathan. Like, you're ripping my heart out. But it's in the way you say it. You know, if if you as a player are feeling overwhelmed, but it's like a good overwhelming, then the way you say things can convey to the DM like, wow, you're really ripping my heart out right now, but I kind of love it. Like, it's great for my character. Um, and in the same sense, like, you have to be able to understand that not everybody is going to read every little thing that you do. So if you are feeling uncomfortable then you kind of have to be like, hey, this is really upsetting me. I'm being serious about this right now. Um, because there's a difference between this is really upsetting to me versus fuck you, Nathan. You're ripping my heart out. Yeah, like, we, we talked about this in last episode of that uh, energy at the table of the uh, not actually having it feel like a competition between the DM and the players, but having that animosity of, you know, fuck you, you know, eat your dice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that that's like important. And, you know, talking about the situation with um, Morgan's character, Tempest, um, you know, it was, it was, if you're a Morgan in a game who wants mm-hmm. to have a deeply traumatic and heart wrenching backstory turned into the DM. And if you're a Nathan and you're as a DM who uh, will tie the backstories into the game, like, hardcore um you know you're gonna you're gonna lead to this kind of stuff um it really it really kind of came to light and i feel like you know and and morgan can probably speak to this even more since it was it was her the animosity in a way the kind of like the the laughter and the like fuck you for doing this to me is it's almost it's funny because you know you did it to yourself like you gave me the information to even like bring like to, you know, like it's like if you, you know, you handed me a knife, grabbed my hand and stabbed it into me and you're like, go ahead and wrench it. And then I wrench it and you're like, oh, fuck you for wrenching it. 
<laughs> like, yeah. Like you already stabbed yourself, and then me wrenching it on your, you know, ask is it, it's it's kind of like, well, fuck, why'd you do that? That hurts. But it's right. like I didn't tell you, you know, you you kind of in a way, like I said, you kind of asked for for that with the setup of it and. In a backstory. So, like I said, if you're, if you're a Morgan in your game and you you <laughs> make those traumatic backstories, um, you know, and write, <laughs> although the, her Tempest backstory is not, you know, we talked about in the backstory episode, uh, you know, twenty page backstories, then <laughs> you know you're gonna have, you're it's gonna, and if the DM is gonna be willing to work it into the world, uh, you should expect that emotional RP, um, and there there's a lot of important aspects to as a DM consider when you're, you know, in kind of all parts of this, because like, there's definitely things that like when we're talking about backstory stuff, if the backstory stuff, you know, doesn't have something that's very impactful to the player or the rest of the players, it doesn't, like we said, betray the party, um, Mm -hmm. you know, all these kind of things. It's just something that's very tense backstory wise. Um, you know, maybe you can wrench into it harder, but you, you need to, like, when it starts to cross into, like I said, socially relevant topics, starts to cross into um, things that are really meaningful to the player or the players at the table, you really need to, like, walk that line very carefully to make sure that it's not crossing into something that's going to be deeply upsetting for someone. Yes. And I think that's a good segue into... The consent sheet. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, It is basically a form that you can fill out um, where things are green areas, yellow areas, and red areas. And it works just like a traffic light. If it's fine, you're totally cool with it, it's a green area. If you are okay with it, but you'd rather not talk about it, it's a yellow area. And if it's something that will upset you hurt you mentally emotionally that's a red area so when i joined nathan's campaign he gave me one of these sheets and i went through and filled it out and there's different things on there you know different phobias if you're like dead do you have it okay there's like Different phobias, um, if you're afraid of certain things, like so much so that it causes you anxiety. If you have a traumatic experience that you have experienced, then you can put that down um, as something that is a trigger for you. Um, And then random things like blood, gore, etc., etc. And these are all important things to establish before you ever have a session uh, because you need to know what you're walking into. Your DM needs to know what your comfort level is with things. And if you aren't okay with something and the DM wants to do it, then maybe you're not a good fit together. You know, maybe you should try and find somebody else to play with. Um, Because while you do want to protect yourself, you do want to take care of yourself. Um, you should never force somebody to bend to your will. 
Because not everybody is afraid of the same things, is hurt by the same things. And if that's something that is an absolute deal breaker for you, that will very much hurt you, then that is something that... Um, that is something that you need to communicate and find out um, between yourself and the DM. Yeah. So, so everybody on screen, I can see it that it, it it's caught up now. It's on the. It took me a second. I'm sure you guys saw me resizing everything. Uh, this is the RPG consent checklist, and we're going to make sure to put this in the Discord so that uh, you know this is something that if you're not aware of it, you can possibly use in your guys's games. Um, this is. A, Easy at the top, basic information about the game. Um, and then, this you know, this is kind of stuff that you can talk to your DM about. And then, uh, again, like I said, with the player name, um, it says you can leave it blank. Um, I guess that's a little harder when you're playing online and you might be direct messaging this to your DM. But um, And then as we scroll down here... You have, uh, like we said, the the green, yellow, and red. Uh, green is enthusiastic consent. Bring it on. I'm totally happy with it. Uh, yellow is okay if veiled or off stage. Uh, might be okay with on stage, but will require discussion ahead of time, and you're uncertain. Um, and then red is hard line. Do not include. This is. I am truly uncomfortable with this. I do not want this at the table. Um, and then it starts to break down like a couple different uh, sections. Um, so horror, relationships, social and cultural issues, um, and then mental and physical health. And then uh, it kind of drops into uh, additional topics. If there's something not listed, you can add and mark. And then uh, do you want the GM to follow up with you to clarify any of these responses? And if so, which ones? Um, because, you know, there's definitely... There, you know, especially when you talk about the red line kind of situations, um, there's going to be red line topics that even if, um, you know, I think that's like the perfect box for um, if like the GM, you're like, I don't want this in the game. I also don't want you to talk about it. Like, don't message me about it. Don't ask me why this isn't allowed to be included. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. And another thing that I love about this sheet is that it is colorblind friendly. Uh, so um, those of you listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but those of you on the stream can. Um, we have the green, yellow, and red, but the green is a square, the yellow is a tri triangle, and red is a circle. So if you have friends that are colorblind, they can still fill out this form to its entirety um, and not have to worry about marking the wrong thing accidentally um yay inclusiveness <laughs> yeah super super awesome i don't actually know we can uh i'll try to look this up after the stream or something and uh see if we can't i can't find something online on who uh developed this little thing but it's something that i've seen floating around the internet for a little while now um and yeah when we you know i think when you're I think this is important no matter what, but when you're playing your home game with your best friends and, you know, things, people that you've known for a long time, um, you know, maybe just having a conversation is pretty sufficing to this. Um, and if you feel comfortable enough with those people, um, but when it comes to people you don't know, when you start playing online with a group of people, and especially when it's going to be more than, 
you know, one shot if you're starting a campaign with people that you do not personally know, it something like this becomes important because you really don't want to cross that line and like, you know, yeah. you're you're making friends with these people and playing at the table with them every week and then all of a sudden you cross a line and they flat out are not going to want to play with you anymore and they're not going to have any fun. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. You can have emotional moments in your campaign. Emotional moments really push the story. It makes it interesting. It makes it something that everybody can connect to. But you also have to be aware that you can't damage the player. You can damage the character, but not the player. Um, It's very important. (laughs) So going back and talking about that, you know, this is something that uh, you know, it's, it's, in a way, I'm kind of glad that it got brought up in this episode because we've been talking about talking about it for, uh, like almost every episode. It almost feels like it comes up at least one. Yeah. I, we definitely talk about it a lot, but it's something, yeah, like you said, it's something that happens a lot because I feel like if you're having an engaging campaign, you're going to have emotional moments. Um, so alongside of the consent sheet, you should always, always, always be checking in with your players um, before your session begins. So if you have planned that something is going to happen in that session, you need to check in with them before and say, hey, like, there's going to be some really heavy stuff in this session tonight, like, it's going to get emotional. Just want to make sure that you are in the correct headspace that you need to be in tonight um, to be able to handle that. It's very funny you're talking about that. I actually was talking to uh, another planner game, uh, Gia. She plays uh, Safi Jayara. Uh, mm-hmm. The other, I think it was like last week, and uh, talking about like the game so far and things like that. Um, and I had specifically like been speaking to her about the fact that like. Uh, she Morgan and her have definitely had the most emotional <laughs> RP happen between their characters so far um, yeah. because they both have set themselves up for it. And let's just be honest, but um, it, it, it has happened that way. And I was kind of talking with her and, and again, just kind of having a little bit of a check in just, you know, and uh, I had specifically been talking to her about the fact that there are story beats and, you know, basically sessions that um, I'm already planning on like, pre-episode like when we get everyone on um or privately just saying like all right guys like you know where's everybody's mental headspace today like um do we cross like are you okay with going here today like you know how's your you know you know we're not all irl friends i don't know what happens in everyone's day-to-day life like um you know are you yeah sidebar bro Mm -hmm. basically that's the idea right like i just pulling everybody in for a sidebar because it's okay before we go into this before um i pull my evil dm ways out and uh try to crush y'all souls um is this comfortable for you guys today are you are you in the right headspace to have me be an evil son of a bitch (laughs) because like uh Yeah. yeah i have some i yeah i'm not spoiling anything for morgan or anyone else listening but uh, I have some pretty intense and evil plans for um, some upcoming and uh, far off games all in the same. So 
It's uh, like literally, I just think it's so funny. We were literally talking about how like when those kind of bigger sessions come up, um, like I would specifically be talking with like the players about where they were at that day. I, we've, again, we've mentioned this in previous episodes that we're kind of not so nice DMs sometimes, (laughs) but it's all done for the love of the story. Like we never do anything to intentionally set out to harm or upset anybody. And I know that in our sessions of Nathan bringing up these heavy topics for my character, Tempest, it's never out of malice. Um, And that's another thing. So when you are doing these sessions, I have heavy emotional RP as a DM, you need to check yourself and make sure that it it should never feel like you're doing it with malice. Whether or not you are or you aren't, you should never do it. But even if you aren't doing it with malice, you have to make sure that that's not the way you're conveying it. Um, Because everybody's going to interpret things differently. And if it seems like you are outright attacking a player session after session, then they're going to start to hate the game and they're not going to want to play with you. Well, and I think this is something that uh, I don't, I really don't like to try to toot my own horn. Um, I have striven to uh, accomplish as a DM is um, being able to walk that line really close there and um, kind of stay near the I'm going to have this emotional moment and hurt you and then being able to just rear back real quick um, and cut into comedic relief, cut into um, things like that because it's something that you need to try to encompass in in, as a DM is that that line of like, all right, I'm going to like really drive it in and like right where it hurts but not enough to actually hurt, and then I'm going to pull it right back out. Yeah. Yeah, keeping that balance between... It's it's important. It's going to make all the difference to have a balance of those emotional moments and then the comedic moments. Um, Because then your players won't feel drained. Because if you keep up, like, heavy emotional RP for the entirety of, like, a six-hour campaign, and you don't give any breaks to that yeah they're going to be so exhausted and so done with that story um that they're just not going to want to continue so like you really have to if you want to have like two and a half hours of emotional rp that's fine but like at the end of that you have to go into something that's going to break that tension whether it be uh npc that the party kidnapped giving a catwalk fashion show in this tiny town or just a random creature showing up and somebody failing an animal handling check. Like, something that's going to give that relief of tension to all of the players and yourself. Well, and I thought that this is something that, you know, talking about that comedic relief break, um, you know, we talked about this in a, the previous episode also. Um, you know, in the last session that we played of my game with, with Tempest's character, um, it was or Morgan's character, Tempest words 
it was it was very interesting, uh, and like I like I can visualize in a way like think of like the exact like emotional co- breaks, you know, the the comedic breaks in the emotional RP of like um, when they first went to the town and they met with Morgan's parents or Tempest's parents, and it was super emotional. There was like this really heated moment. You know, everyone was kind of there for it. And then there was like a whole funny part, like outside they were like retrieving chairs and things and like moving wood. And, uh, and one of the players who's a little elven druid, um, has a uh, gauntlets of ogre strength. And like, you know, it's, it, it, it took that break. And then they went to the shop and they were like, everyone was talking about shopping. And then they had this really emotional moment with the shopkeep whose daughter was missing. And then, as they left, there was this like funny thing of them like shopping and then cut to Morgan's character speaking with like the town elders and having this very like, you know, serious thing. And I ended that with like the very senile old elder, like, you know, being all confused and then (laughs) um, them leaving, walking out to the NPC, having a fashion show in the middle of this town square. And then, uh, Tempest gets pulled aside again in her hometown by her kind of like old childhood friend who's like, you know, really having this emotional moment of like being, you know, basically like glad to see her, but really concerned. Um, and yeah. Tempest basically telling him not to be such a hard ass. And <laughs> then he, you know, kind of for the first time in, you know, what seemed to be a while kind of smiles. And then he's like, you know, that like impress your like old, you know, f- school age friend. He was like walking away trying to look like, you know, he's like stunting his stuff like and he like f- flexes his butt and then he like <laughs> realizes it's awkward and like just runs does little, away. Does a little twerk and runs away. Yeah, he like, tra- I was, I just, yeah, described him like <laughs> trying to wiggle. do some like little like kind of like butt wiggle thing and then he just like realized it was immediately very weird and just sprinted away from her you know it's it's Uh like you know there's these in that game there was these four like very heavy emotional topics and like emotional rp moments that came up and like i specifically between all of them broke it up with them with something that was including the rest of the players especially because this was very revolved around morgan's character tempest Mm -hmm. and being able to have just even Morgan at the table laugh at the silliness of <laughs> the world and the game itself before turning around and, you know, and in a way it's like, uh, you know, Morgan said earlier, like she was crying in this episode, <laughs> having those just laughing moments is like just enough time for as a player to stop at the table, take a breath, wipe away the tears and then you can step back in. But having that mo like if it's just going and going and going, you're you just like you're not coming out of it. And like mm-hmm. um you know, especially for someone like Morgan who's very involved in RP, like you know, it's something that is important to Morgan as a player. Um you having that moment of like this is silly, this you know, funny thing is happening. Um, I think as a DM gives that player the opportunity to consider if they need to pull out of the situation. 
Um, sometimes as a player, you can get very bought into emotional RP and not realize that you, you are feeling uncomfortable, that you want it to turn off um, because you are trying to bring that level to the table um, that the DM is bringing. Um, and I think this is, this is something that goes like far beyond D&D. Um, you know, people try to match each other's energies usually. You try to bring what someone else is bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, the table of life or the table of D&D. And when you don't have a moment to take a step back and consider the situation and take a breath, um, you get really caught up in it. And you can not realize until afterwards that what was happening in that situation was uh, was hurtful to you, was uh, uncomfortable for you. Um, and then, you know, I think that, I know for at least myself, like I'm a very uh, socially awkward person at times. <laughs> um, so like if, if I had a very emotional RP session and I didn't say anything, but I was really uncomfortable, um, I would be so deeply... Um, awkward to bring it up after yeah. the game that I just wouldn't. Um, and I mean, I think that that's something that leads to me being a little more careful of doing that with my players and such of, I know that like, that's how I am. So I don't want to like set that situation out for anyone else. I agree. <laughs> like, um, I feel like that doesn't suffice for everything that you just said, but that is, the smallest summary I could make of it is it's so important to have those breaks. Um, Not only to give them a moment to collect themselves and clear their head, but also if you're wanting your RP to make an impact, then you need the moments of relaxation for it to really sink into them. Um, Because if you're just bam, 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 emotional 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 hurt like hard pressing things constantly then all they're going to do is cycle through all of the things as they're happening but if you say here's this really upsetting thing a really frustrating thing and then you like take a step back and focus on somebody else for a second then that character can sit and be like oh shit Like, this is happening. Um, And that happened for me. Um, When I, my character Tempest met her parents and everything was fine. It was like a happy emotion. I'm seeing my parents again. I'm so glad to see them, see that they're okay. And then Tempest's mom, my mom was like, we've been trying to have another baby and I just can't get pregnant. And it's been really overwhelming. And then we, like, switch back to funny things happening again. And in the moment, I was like, wow, that's upsetting. And, like, I started to cry a little bit. And then we hit that funny moment. And it wasn't about Tempest anymore. And I was like, oh, my God. For the last however many years, they've been trying to have a kid because they missed me and now I feel guilty because I haven't come home and I'm upset that they feel like they need to fill this void and like all the different 
more complex emotions piled on. Um, and it didn't hurt me. Like it wasn't something that affected myself, Morgan, as a being, but that was something that I could layer onto Tempest. Like that guilt, the frustration, the sadness of all of those emotions clashing together, um, getting that revelation, that is something that added to Tempest's resolve. Um, and it kind of pushed her through the rest of that episode, um, the episode, <laughs> that session. Uh, now I'm doing it. Everything's an episode now. Uh, but it kind of pushed her through that session. And even though it was sadness and guilt and frustration, she, it really felt like towards the end, she was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find this little girl. I'm going to fix this thing that's happening because that, that guilt and sadness turned into determination. Yeah. And instead of letting that reflect internal and like, holy crap, that's a lot of feelings. I pushed it into my character to give her purpose. Um, and I think that helps too, is instead of taking it and thinking this is happening to Morgan, you really have to split your mind and say, this is happening to Tempest. How does Tempest react to it? Not how does Morgan react to it? Yeah. And weaving these things together as a DM is, um, I wouldn't even, I, I, really, I, I really don't like to talk myself up of just not who I am. Um, it's something that is like a skill that is not easy to always come by. Um, it's something that like, I feel like I personally have definitely had to work for. Um, but, uh, specifically speaking of these moments between, um, Tempest and her mom slash her parents, um, are what, although they were planned for, tempest and for her entire situation um this is a little bit of underlying uh i'd used that moment to um try to tie in another player um into the story a little more deeply um mm -hmm. one of uh, our players uh the pl character's name is nezrai um she uh she's a, a mother of her own and uh is also missing her children. That's part of her backstory, which uh, is unrelated to Morgan. Um, but seeing this very deep emotional moment between um, the parents and Tempest, it uh, it drew her to feel a, uh, is, as she said, a, a, a connection to Tempest where she feels a little more protective of her. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't incite this, but uh, the player had said, like, uh, can I have a moment to speak with the mom after Tempest leaves? And, and kind of said, like, you know, I'll take care of your daughter. Like, I will make sure she stays safe. Um, and it was something that, like, uh, like I said, I was kind of, like, shooting for underneath everything. Um, you know, like, it wasn't a focus, but when I had planned the thought of that encounter... Um, like I said, I, I kind of had the thought that, like, this would frame um, in with this really nicely. And it really, that was another thing that kind of hit Tempest, because Tempest doesn't really know Nezrai yet. 
And for Nezra to come in and have that moment with Tempest's mother, like that, that was like a holy crap moment for me as well. Um, Cause I didn't expect that. I didn't know Nezra's background. Um, yeah. I think she'd only very lightly revealed things like, um, you know, you guys had had like a kind of little heart to heart, I think all, all together one time. And she had revealed kind of that she was a mother and all these kind of things, but it, it like nothing more than that had really come to light. So, um, although, you know, as players at the table, like, uh, you know, some of us know a little bit more than that. Um, it kind of allowed this again, like I said, that moment of connection between the players, um, kind of like all balled up in this emotional RP. That was a very tiny encapsulated moment that had so much impact. Like it was literally what, 30 seconds of interaction. Yeah. I mean, it was literally just like kind of the, the other player, um, asking me if she could have this moment. And I, I said, absolutely. And, um, going into character and, a 30 second conversation where um, Nezrai in character says, you know, this is, you know, I am also a mother. I, I have lost my children. Like I will make sure she stays safe. And um, Tempest's mother thanking her and being grateful for that. And then kind of seeing like, it's just that, but it like, it was a very impactful moment for, I think most people at the table. Yeah, and it didn't take forever. Like you said, no. it was 30 seconds of conversation that happened, but it was so powerful, just that one little interaction that that could have that, that moment alone could have driven the rest of the campaign, like the rest of that session. Um, it was just very, it was very sweet and very impactful. We have a couple questions, and I also want to... Um, tie these questions into another little bullet point that we have. Um, so have you ever had an emotional RP become too much for a character or anyone else in the party? And how did you handle it? This comes from random person H2O. We love you. Um, very good friend of ours. Um, and that kind of ties into you need to have a system in place where outside of the game, any player can put a stop to the topic. Um, you know, we talked with the consent sheet being beforehand, but if that gets lost in translation, no pun intended. <laughs> and um, great movie. And you end up bringing something up. That's a little too heavy, a little too much for that player. Um, you need to have some sort of system that they can let you know um, and you can pull back on it, you can stop, you can redo whatever you need to do um, to correct that. Um, I personally, I do a lot of comedy. So it's, I've never had emotional RP that, is so bad um, that it becomes too much for a character, for someone in the party. Um, 
because this, <laughs> as crazy and chaotic as I am, um, <laughs> my my session, sessions usually lean towards um, the comedy side. I don't really have too much um, of the sadness or heavy emotional RP. Um, so I have Morgan doesn't want to deal the emotional RP. She wants to receive the emotional RP. <laughs> What? <laughs> I said you don't want to like deal it out as a DM, but you want to have it like on to you as a player. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I am a masochist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a sadist, I'm a masochist. Uh perfect. Nathan, how do you answer that question? Um I think I've been really lucky that I don't believe that um I've crossed that line with anyone yet. Um it's something that I definitely strive to make sure that i don't do um but i mean as uh we've kind of joked about like i can i can be a little bit of a sadistic dm and like um really try to uh you know wrench that knife um so it's something that uh i think uh you as a dm and if you're if you do play the way that i do um you need to be constantly aware of because I know that I can ride that line, um, and uh, it takes one misstep to cross it. Um, but I think I think, like I said, um, to the point of this question, um, I've been very lucky to not cross it, um, and I hope I hope I never do. I I, I don't want to cross anybody's comfort level, but um, I definitely ride that line sometimes i know that i like push up against it um and i don't think that's even a bad thing it really i think taking a game um again that we're talking about that's we you said it, this is another thing we've said in a lot of episodes you know it's collaborative storytelling um yeah. and being able to push your player to the limits and kind of uh you know see what comes out is very interesting it's very impactful for the story and uh, again i think that um like i i've said it like four times i feel very lucky that i haven't crossed that line because i know that i push up against it um since neither of us have experienced that then um let's go theoretical um if if that were to happen if the line um, would be crossed and it become a little too much for the player. How would you address it like during a campaign or like directly afterwards? So this is something that I, I put, I definitely, you know, I put this in our show notes to talk about because I think that it is good. Um, but I don't even know that I particularly used it. Um, of having a direct system in place um, outside of the game where a player can put a stop to the topic. Um, you know, I know that there's, um, you know, the idea of like the card kind of things to hold up, the different colors or like things like that that people have used for certain games. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, you know, like kind of like the idea of having a safe word where you just like, you know, mid game, you're like pineapple and that means please stop. You know, it's, um, for me, like if, if a player just says like, Hey, like the second a player says this is making them uncomfortable, you know, that's enough. Like I will, the scene ends and we move on. 
Yeah. Like that just full like the everything that was happening is over. Um time jump and uh you guys are now like moving on. I I know for myself everything I play is online. Um I play on Discord. Uh, with all of my friends, because they're scattered across the country and the globe. Um, So we all play on Discord. Um, I've only ever played maybe once or twice at a table. (laughs) Like, everything I do is online. Um, And I'm a firm believer in a private message, you know? If we're working through something and it upsets you, you by no means have to explain to the rest of the group, or even to me, um, that something is hurting you, just send me a message. This this topic is too much. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do it. And like Nathan said, the second I see that, it's this is over. We're moving on to the next thing. And, and I think your players should feel comfortable enough to know that if like you get that private message, um, you're you're not going to talk about it at the table either. You're not going to call them out for it. If I if I receive a message like that in one of my games that says full stop, please move on. Um, I'm gonna full stop and move on, and it's not gonna be discussed why or who brought it up. That, and like that's just a, a firm thing at my table. There's, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, that's another thing. We all play on like video. Um, we have video chat up, or at the very least, like you can see in Discord, all of the little names that are in the chat. And if somebody leaves the chat for some reason and like they're gone, I'll message them and be like, hey, are you okay? Is there a reason you left? Like, do we need to stop what we're doing? Um, let me know what's going on. Let me know if I can fix anything. Um, even if they leave because they just DC'd, um, it's still important to check in and make sure that everything is okay. Well, and I think this is one of those things like, uh, you know, 99.9% of people um, are playing, you know, what is a home game? You know, this isn't streamed live on Twitch. Everyone's, everyone's game or something, right? Um, if somebody disconnects like that or something happens, um, just say, oh, we're going to take a break real quick, guys. Give me a second and stop the game. You know, even if it was just a, oh, my computer was messing up and I'm coming back on right now, nothing was bugging me, pick it right back up into that emotional RP. But yeah, just say, hey, oh, just a second, guys, hold on. We're having a little bit of an issue. And pausing it, just literally hitting pause. And you're like I said, it's a home game. It doesn't matter. Like, everyone's there. You know, they, everyone's going to be understanding. And just, like I said, just a big pause button that says, we'll be right back. <laughs> Here's another question, uh, also from Random Person H2O. How do you, as a player, approach it if it's another player, not the DM, who does something to make you uncomfortable during emotional RP? Conversely, how do you handle that as a DM? Oh boy, um, this is tough. It it's it's tough when it's player versus player. Um, but that's something that this is going to be way more difficult if you're in a campaign with people that you don't know or at least don't know very well. Um, you really have to face it head on. Um, as 
tough as it may be, as frustrating as it may be, the best thing you can do for your own mental health, your own sanity, is to go straight to that person and say, hey, this was upsetting me. Um, Can you please not do this? Um, You also need to go to your DM. Um, because you can't just go to the player and expect it to be over. You also have to go to your DM and say, hey, um, the thing that this player did kind of upset me. Um, is there a way that you can shut it down if it starts to happen next time? Um, rely on your DM to break that. Uh, because if it's really hurting you, if it's something that's really bothering you, and the player keeps going at it, then... That could be something the DM can say, okay, we're switching focus now. This is what's happening. Like, this is no longer happening. This is what's happening. Um, You can kind of break out of it that way. Yeah. And as a DM, you you should always try to be paying enough attention. Um, I think that um, I definitely enjoy, and I'm sure uh, many DMs do, having those moments of break when uh, you don't have to be putting on the show and speaking Mm -hmm. the whole time where um, you can just like have that moment of breath and let the players interact, but you need to be still paying attention um, and making sure that no one's crossing that line. Cause as the DM, um, I don't think you hold a hundred percent responsibility, but you hold a lot of the responsibility um, to put an end to things like that. And if I see something that seems like it's crossing a line, um, and I would say like as a DM, if, especially if you do um, use the consent checklist and things like that, um, try to know who, you know, I, it, I know it may not be perfect to remember, um, but if there's like hard red lines or something, you can make yourself a little cheat sheet. Um, know whose things are hard no and you you don't even have to assign it to um you know oh this person doesn't like this so just make a little list that says these are all of my hard reds and the second that one of those things starts getting breached into like jump straight in immediately make it stop because yeah it's you, like I said, you just have to be as a DM still paying attention to the RP that's happening. Um, because like I said, there, I, I love having that moment to just be like, cool, I'm going to be like pulling up my next stuff, getting my next NPCs information loaded, an ex- another bad guy. You know, if I need to pull up a monster, the party's all, you know, the idea like, right, the party's outside the dungeon's door um, and the rogue just snuck their head in and they saw that there's you know, a beholder in there and, you know, a couple little, you know, something else to fight or something, right? And you're like, cool, okay, let me peek back, talk to the party. The party's all discussing, hey, you go here, you go here. Having that moment for the party to peek their head in the dungeon door, pull back out and say, okay, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, this is the plan, let's scheme, let's think, what's going to happen, and the DM sitting back and just listening and going, okay, let me make sure that the stat box are all pulled up. Make, let me make sure that I have, um, my MP or my, uh, initiative tracker 
you know, kind of situation if you use something like that pulled up and ready. Let me make sure that I'm ready to track HP with these monsters. And then, cool. But you're going to make sure as a DM you don't get pulled away too far from that. Don't don't go <laughs> headphones off and uh, I'm not going to listen to anything anybody's saying. You know, have that. Have it ready to be ready to jump in if it's necessary while you're prepping, while you're pulling things up, while you're getting things prepared. We have one last question here uh, posed to us from Timey Wimey Fox. Do you use emotional role play to, quote, break characters, as is a common stereotype for DM storyline creation? I don't think I try to break a character. I think if it happens, it happens. Um, but I think that, like, if, you know, we've talked about this plenty with, like, uh, you know, making sure everyone's comfortable and consent and things like that. If, as a DM, your mindset going into emotional RP is to break the character, um, you know, or break the player or the character, you know, if you're going in with that mindset, um, you're going to have that, you know, I've talked about walking that line very closely. I think that ha just switching to that mindset where that's your intention is going to make you cross that. It's just going to cause you to cross that line. Um, just flat. You're just, as soon as you're going to do something like that line will be crossed because you're, you're going into it intentionally to, I mean, in a way, you know, they say break, but it, I mean, it's basically hurting someone. Yeah, I think the difference, like you mentioned, is going into it with the intention to break a character or with the intention for character growth. Um, if you are going into an emotional RP setting as a DM to break characters, then you are evil. That is mean. Um, that is not okay. But if you're using an emotional RP moment to push the character, to make the character grow, to make the character think, then that is something very different. And that is going to help. Um, because like you said, if you go in with the intention of breaking a character, then all you're going to do is hurt the person and not the character. Um, if you go in with the intention of pushing the character, then the focus is going to be on the character and not the person, and you're less likely to do any mental or emotional harm to the person. Yeah, and that's that's what's kind of important here, is um, words. I'm going to have <laughs> one of these in episode. Um when you're going in with that mindset and you're crossing, I think it's like if you're, if that's like the thing, if you're going into emotional role play with the idea to break or hurt the player or character either, um, you know, and I think that that's a, you know, kind of circling back on that. Uh, the player and the character is a very thin line. You know, like uh, players become very, very attached and emotionally connected to their characters. So, like, even if you say, oh, well, I just wanted to hurt the character. Well, it's not just the character. Like, the, the player is, 
you know, unless it really, you know, you're playing a game that is very like this character doesn't matter. Like they can just get wiped off and done whatever to like uh, a player is going to feel a very deep emotional connection to that character and you going in to hurt the character hurts the player. It just is. Even if it's not something that um, the player themselves feels uncomfortable with or anything like that, you know, if it's something that is going to hurt the character, it's going to hurt the player too. And going in with that emotion to hurt or break the character crosses that line. I feel like immediately. So you need to, I, I think it's okay to head into it with the mindset of like, I'm going to try to, set up a situation that um, develops the character's story, uh, develops the character as a whole, pushes them forward, um, things like that. Things that are very changing to them, I think is okay. Um, But I think, and this is just something that I think as a DM you need to be ready for, is being ready to have whatever you shoot for not work also. And going in with the idea to break a character, if you're going in like, I'm going to do this, is setting yourself up for failure. Because what happens when you hit a wall and it's not working, you push harder. And that's where the hurt starts to come from. That's where you cross lines. That's where you upset the player. That's where you make other people at the table start to feel uncomfortable when you're trying to specifically hurt or break the character you're going to keep pushing until you either do it or somebody rage quits out of the vc or the you know zoom call um so having you know having the thought that like i have this intention to have story growth with this character i want this to push them towards something is i think totally fine but you also need to have that fail safe of like, this might just not work. The player will bounce right off of it and I can't push it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the part, the, yeah, the power, the question was intentionally for um, DMS, but kind of moving beyond that. I, as a player, I have had a DM push me until I broke and it was frustrating it it was something that they knew was a very touchy subject for me it was something that at that time was very heavy on my mind very distressing to me and rather than come up with a different way to go about the same kind of emotional break They went straight for the thing that was going to hurt me the most, and it did. It was very painful. I was very upset. Um, So much so that at the end of the session, you know, usually you have the session, and then you end the session, you stay, and you chat, and you hang out for a while. Um, No, as as, as soon as this DM said, and that's the end of our session, click, I was out. I couldn't stand to be in that voice chat with him anymore. I couldn't stand to be around him because it hurt me. And he knew it hurt me. And he knew that was something that was a touchy subject for me. And 
I think that gives me perspective as someone who more often is a player, but does like to DM, where I never want somebody to feel the way that I did in that session. I don't want to even come close to making someone feel like that because it's horrible. It hurts. It's very hard on your mental health when something like that happens. And especially when the person that does it has, has no remorse for what they did. Well, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, this led you to leave the game too, right? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, like... Um, I, I went on for one one or two more sessions, and then I left the game. I couldn't do it anymore, um, because after that initial very hurtful incident, um, it happened in the next session, and I brought it up, and I said, hey, this is hurtful. Like, please don't do this. And then in the next session, it happened again, and I was like, all right, I've had enough. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. And I left the session completely. Um, didn't have a parting session because um, I know some people do that where they're like, all right, this person is going to go off to do this thing. No, I dropped out. I was done. Not going back. Um, but then again, I and, believe if I have the timeline of that correctly, that's what led you to joining my game. You have the free time is. to join a game. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I am so as much as that hurt me, I'm so grateful it happened because I was not having as much fun as I could have playing yeah. in that old campaign. And I have so much fun with you guys. I love all of you so much. Um, we really do have an atmosphere of like, we're so comfortable with each other and we're from all over. Like the people in, in Nathan's campaign that I play with um, that we both play with are from all over and we all just come online, hop in a zoom call, play D and D for a couple hours on Saturday nights. And that's that but we've created this like we've created this beautiful atmosphere of being comfortable and vulnerable with each other that i think is incredibly important that even though none of us not a single one of us have met in person no that's we... not true what you've met one of the other players i'm not gonna dox anybody but you've met oh that's true that's yeah. true i did i did finally get to meet one of the other players in person um and it was wonderful and i love her so very much um <laughs> shout out because i know she's but, in the twitch chat <laughs> shout out i know you're in the stream right now um yeah <laughs> there it is right there that's a lie <laughs> right but um other than that one person, and we only got to see each other for a couple hours IRL, we have created such a beautiful atmosphere where, you know, we're comfortable with each other and our characters are vulnerable. And I think it's nice that we can bring that up outside of the session and kind of talk about it and go back to, well this is the campaign and this is the people who are playing these characters and we're all, we're all in it together. <laughs> we're all experiencing it together. Um, so it's nice. Yeah, it's definitely, and you know, again, it, it's something that's very cool because, uh, you know, this is uh, outside of D and D chat, but like, you know, people say everything happens for a reason. And although a uh, terrible emotional RP was uh, had in that previous game for Morgan, 
uh, her leaving that game and having the availability to join my game led to uh, the Rule of Cool podcast and uh, yeah. good emotional <laughs> RP in my game. Oh, man. That's, I never thought of that. If I hadn't had, if I hadn't have had that experience of traumatic emotional role-playing, I wouldn't have left the game. I wouldn't have joined your game. We wouldn't have met, probably, at least not in the capacity that we know each no, other yeah, now. No, definitely not. And if the Rule of Cool podcast ever happened, which I doubt it would have, it would have just been me. <laughs> Maybe Mod Matt would have been my co-host, but he missed that train a while ago. <laughs> Rewind. Restart. Okay, so today's segment is Dispel Magic, where we talk about a spell um, and how it's used in certain situations. Um, so for today, uh, our spell is Calm Emotions. It's a second level enchantment, takes one action to cast, range of 60 feet, has verbal and somatic components, and its duration is concentration up to one minute. Wait, 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 Morgan, I have something. This is... you can... <laughs> I have a I have a, a better intro to this segment oh, that I just came up with on the is fly. Is it a corny one? Oh, it's so corny. Are you writing it in the show notes? No, no, no. But I'm just gonna say you you'll get the you'll get it. Okay. <sighs> All right. Oh man, I'm feeling really emotional after that. Uh, this talking about um, navigating emotional RP it just got me all worked up. And uh, Morgan, you think you could cast dispel magic on me and? Uh, Will uh, and it'll calm me right down. Well, I could cast a spell magic, but as a upper level bard, I could just cast calm emotions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so corny! I love it. This is how we roll. All right, we'll, we'll uh, get good at transitions someday, guys. I promise. <laughs> For now, it's just going to be cheesy. I love it, though. I love the cheesy. <laughs> cheesy. Oh, it's fun. All right. So, <clears throat> get my narrator voice back on. <sighs> you attempt to suppress strong emotions in a group of people. Each humanoid in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range must make a charisma saving throw. A creature can choose to fail this saving throw if it wishes. If a creature fails its saving throw, choose one of the following two effects. You can suppress any effect causing a target to be charmed or frightened. When this spell ends, any suppressed effect resumes, providing that its duration has not expired in the meantime. Alternatively, you can make a target indifferent about creatures of your choice that it is hostile towards. This indifference ends if the target is attacked or harmed by a spell, or if it witnesses any of its friends being harmed. When the spell ends, the creature becomes hostile again, unless the DM rules otherwise. Yeah, I think that this is a super cool spell, right? It's something that, um, like, very clearly has um, good in, like, combat effects. Mm-hmm. where good in combat effects talking about like if uh, you can suppress effects of being charmed or frightened. So when you've got bad guys that charm or frighten your, your allies, you can, you know, suppress that and like, be like, cool, you're not scared anymore. Get back in the fight. Or you can use this kind of thing to 
try to bring people, or you can use this to, um, in like an RP moment, try to bring down the room and like calm people down and things like that. Um, and I think that like having a versatile spell like this is super cool. Um, you know, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just the last thing I was gonna say on that is that like, you know, spells are limited. This is only a second level spell. It's a spell that you could be picking when you're still pretty low level, and having that versatility, versatility of a spell that can be combat, non-combat is very cool mm-hmm. because you can kind of arrange yourself to be in a position where this is going to be more or less useful to you. Um, instead of just like, boom, I picked a combat, like a damaging combat spell. And now we're an RP for, you know, the next six hour session. <laughs> right. I, I agree. But something that I don't really see too many people using this for is to use it on players in RP sessions to take away the charmed or frightened like you would think people would use the spell the way it's written but i know personally one of my characters um not in nathan's campaign this time in another campaign um she uses very specific spells um she's a bard and she's a princess <laughs> and so her character is centered around intimidation um persuasion you know she is there to be the hbic or the head bitch in charge (laughs) um she uh the go-to spells are shatter and fear um and vicious mockery because you can't have an intimidating bard and not use vicious mockery or tasha's hideous laughter (laughs) um So, for example, I would use my character to cast fear to give the frightened frightened condition um, to an NPC or to another player. Um, Unfortunately, my character is known to PvP sometimes Mm. uh, because she's a princess. (laughs) And that's just how she responds to things um you know it happens sometimes um so what would be brilliant and people who play this campaign with me are probably listening and they're gonna i this is a freebie i'm giving this to you to do to my character in one of our sessions um if you have calm emotions like that shuts that shit down so fast like all you have to do is make them, like, they just have to fail a charisma saving throw. Oh my goodness. If you're a divination wizard, um, and you cast this spell, and then you give them a failing saving throw on charisma, then that's it. They're done. They're not scared anymore. Um, I mean, it, it depends on who it is. If it's an NPC, then, like, being a divination wizard would help you, like, force them to fail, to calm them down, um, if they're not willing to fail it themselves. But, man, this spell can just shut down that crap so fast. Yeah. 
It's one of those things that like it can just like real quick either get rid of negative effects or it can real quick be getting rid of, um, you know, people being upset with you. I mean, and like you said, being the fact that it's a wizard bard spell, if you're a wizard and like you said, using like divination, you know, kind of juicing the role a little bit or even just being a bard. Like if you've got really high charisma, that's going to be a tough house saving throw in the first place. And, yeah. um, you know, unless you're fighting something very specific, a, a lot of um, creatures, even humanoids in the D&D world and universe, um, charisma is not always a super high stat for people. You know, I, I love the fact of having a spell that, you know, on dock that can really benefit you that takes a charisma saving throw because, you know, everybody knows to juice wisdom, right? Because yeah. wisdom, you know, is and strength and dex and things like that are the thing that you make a shit ton of saving throws with. But, you know, if you're, if I'm looking at a character sheet, you know, and I'm like, cool, I can, you know, juice my charisma, juice my wisdom. You're probably going to try to make your wisdom looking be looking pretty good because that's where you're gonna you know that's where you're gonna use it most of the time and then you've got you know a weak charisma save and boom yeah. now you're just kind of done for and then like the nice thing about like this specifically in the spell is it says you can choose to fail it right you can choose to fail the saving throw so like when you're casting it on your allies. You don't have to like roll and say, <laughs> well, crap, I rolled a nat 20. I'm still scared. <laughs> right. You can just like, I, you know, I think this is like the a very um, like cool, especially for the bard. I think it's very cool because like, <laughs> uh, you know, like the bards on the battlefield, like strums their little loot or something or like <laughs> sings something very beautiful. And like the party just like, oh, OK, I'm not scared or charmed anymore. <laughs> I think that's very right. funny talked about a lot of stuff today um yeah we definitely i think we we went on we we definitely started the stream really messy for everyone but <laughs> i feel like we were pretty we and we've been getting better and better and better about this as we said early on like we can only go up from where we were so yeah uh, we're staying on topic more and more i feel like every episode someday we'll have a topic where we don't even have any tangents no that's never gonna happen. oh that's <laughs> never gonna happen never uh but um let's give out some closing thoughts yeah i, I think that you know really when you wrap the episode up into a little ball the primary thing to think about is consent, right? If you're going to have yeah. emotional RP, you need to make sure everyone's comfortable with it. I think that emotional RP is awesome. I love, I, I really love to get into it, have these really deep and impactful moments with the characters. Um, and even more than the characters, player to player, like you're playing with your friends, like unless you're like, you know, straight up, playing with strangers at a con that like maybe you don't want to start feeling emotional with um you're playing with like your friends and like having i think that that's one of the beauties of dungeons and dragons as a whole um and ttrpgs as i almost stumble it out yeah the um you know having that um in a way like a you know emotional vulnerability when you're having a uh, collaborative storytelling and yeah. being 
open for that and being able to do that in a safe, respectful, and comfortable way is uh, it leads to a great game. Yeah. Like Nathan said, just consent, consent, consent. Yeah. Make sure that you're having that open communication and it will make your campaign so much better. Yeah. But. And, and it, it, the emotional RP leads to memorable stuff, right? It, yeah. it, that's everything you're doing at the table. And we've kind of mentioned this in a couple of times before, you know, getting in the fight with the goblin on the side of the road and, you know, he just tries to ambush you and you guys wipe him out and you move on is forgettable. But you know, that moment and even outside of the people in the RP, everyone at the table, like that moment where the player is like having this deep emotional connection to one of their backstory characters where like they're crying at this point because it's like so big and impactful to them is everyone's going to remember that. And that's the story you're going to tell, you know, five years down the road when you're in your third or fourth campaign on from the campaign you've been in. Yeah. But uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it out here then. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you follow us on everything. We give updates on when we're going live because it isn't always consistent. Um, we are two adults, both with jobs um, in the real world, which is unfortunate, but got to make we're that money somehow it, yeah. to support your hobby. Uh, so sometimes the stream will change, but usually it's on Saturdays. Um, the podcast will always upload on Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so look out for that. Uh, you can find every Friday. Yeah, and if you're looking to find us, uh, I, I need to add this to our little uh, Twitch stream thing, uh, but just go to ruleofcoolpod.com. It's going to take you to uh, our um, hosting site that's going to link to everywhere the podcast is listened, listed, and you can also just listen to it right there. But just ruleofcoolpod.com. Super easy. Super convenient. We love a tech wizard. <laughs> I think that's everything. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Rule of Cool podcast. Bye. Bye. And all of our best friends, except that one guy, let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. Escape Rule.